Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we pray that you would make our minds and hearts and souls fertile soil for the gospel. That you would illuminate these scriptures for us, Lord. That you would convict and console our hearts. We give you permission to do what you desire. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord speaks today about the pearl of great price. It's kind of a fundamental uh, parable for us in our life, something to return to over and over again. This, this merchant, right, is a pearl merchant, is in search of the pearl of great price. And when he finds it, he goes and sells all that he has, all that he has, so that he can purchase that pearl. And if we're thinking about this, we think of this merchant, right? So this is a person, he's a pearl merchant. He has lots of pearls. That's what he does. He, he, he deals. This is his livelihood to be in search of pearls, to sell them, to buy them, to trade them, all of this. And so he has, or he's, he's made a living for himself. He has these pearls. But he finds this pearl of great price. And it's so profound, so beautiful, that he goes and sells all that he has to buy this one pearl. This the Lord is speaking about is the kingdom of God. It is like this, that when we encounter the kingdom of God, that we are so captured by the kingdom of God that we are willing, right, to, to leave everything, to let everything go, to pursue it. And the church reminds us and the church teaches us that the kingdom of God is Jesus Christ himself. It is him. That he is the pearl of great price of which we pursue. And, and I would imagine that on some level and in some way in your life that all of you have encountered the Lord in this way. Otherwise, you, you, you wouldn't be here tonight. Maybe not to the complete extent, right? And none of us on this side of heaven to the complete extent. But some form or fashion, we have come to recognize that Christ is the one who satisfies the deepest longing of our hearts and souls. And that there maybe are, are sacrifices that we have made in our life to pursue the Lord. Because he has captured our hearts. But the truth is, is that this is a continual thing that needs to happen in our life. I spoke before of this book that I have, it's reflections on St. Peter's life, and it talks about the very beginning when it was Peter and Andrew and James and John, and they, they come to encounter Christ in this transformative way. And it says, and at that moment, right, they left their nets. They dropped their nets, left everything, and followed him. I mean, that's huge. Their livelihood, their family, hometown, everything to be with the Lord. 
But the author of these reflections says, you know, that was not a one-time thing, that actually along the journey of following Jesus, and this is true for all of us, that as we are disciples of Christ, along the journey of following him, that every step that Jesus takes creates a new everything between him and us, a new everything for us to leave again to follow him. And you know this, and I know this in our life, that we've maybe made a decision to, to let go of a particular sin, which is, again, there's, there's kind of no discernment around that. It's like, hey, it's a sin. Yep, need to let that go to pursue the Lord. But maybe there's been some good things, some good things in and of themselves that we've, we've put aside because we felt like the Lord was calling us to deeper relationship with Him, to love Him in this particular way. Maybe along the journey somewhere we're like, uh, I don't know, I kind of want to pick that back up kind of want to, to dive into that again or hold on to that again. Something else may be distracting us from what the Lord, the, the depth of relationship that he's calling us to. And so there's this new everything that the Lord is asking of us to let go, to follow him. And then what that requires is us remembering that he is the pearl of great price. That he is the one to whom our hearts long for and desire more than anything else. More than anything else. And when that conviction, and we're not always going to feel it, right? So that's why we need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to stir in our hearts the memory of when we knew that we knew that we knew that Christ was real and we were made for him. And that he did satisfy the depth of our souls and our longing for him so that we could, could leave everything. We could put the things aside to pursue the Lord. Now, and this is the truth, right? This is, doesn't just happen in some fantasy world in our brain. Like, oh yeah, leave everything and follow Jesus or love him in this particular way. It happens in the concrete reality of our life. We're incarnational beings. And this leaving everything for, for most of us is not literally selling everything and following the Lord, but being willing to let go of whatever he's asking to pursue him more deeply. And so we think, right, we think of ourselves, if you, um, you know, are young adult, younger person, and you feel the Lord tugging you, or you feel the conviction in your heart to pursue him more deeply, and then maybe the reality is, is like, oh, maybe there's a relationship in my life that is clearly not leading me closer to Christ. Can I let that go? Can I let that go? Are those some of the pearls, right? And sometimes, again, sin, sin is an apparent good. It's not an actual good. It seems to us that it is a good thing. But it does not lead us to truth and goodness and beauty, to deeper relationship with the Lord, to communion with Him, ultimately to heaven. And so it's an apparent good. It's like a false pearl. It's not the truth. And I let that go to pursue the Lord. And maybe, maybe we're an older person, married, wife, husband, children, Again, it could, be, it could be a million things, but it could be like I'm having some difficulty within a marriage. I made friends with someone else, and there's this like easier conversation here, easy to talk to, all these things. And so there's a pull of the heart there. And like, whoa, 
the Lord is asking me to love him in the commitment and the vocation that I made. So I need to leave that alone. I need to guard my heart, pursue the Lord, and make a renewed commitment to him in my spouse. Because the love of God and love of neighbor are always connected. They can never be separated. Maybe it's, it's good things, right? Maybe you're a younger person and the Lord is inviting you. It's not necessarily a sinful thing, but it is something that is good. And he's saying, hey, I want you to put down this particular hobby or this particular thing to follow me more deeply. Or maybe it's something bigger that I want you to, to maybe think of, of the consecrated life, the priesthood, religious life. Something letting go of, of a spouse and a family for something that is a pursuit of Christ in this particular way. Or maybe as an adult, right, there's, there's a job opportunity, you know, a really good thing, and, and you could be making more money, but you know it would pull you away from your family. It could pull you away from, from the depth of relationship with your spouse and your children in a way in which you know the Lord is, is calling and is asking you to do. And so can you, can you leave behind something that's not sinful in and of itself? That is a good thing for the way that the Lord is asking us to dive in to loving him in our family. None of these things are possible for us unless we are renewed in the conviction of Jesus Christ as the pearl of great price. Because the other things either aren't good, but they seem good to us, or they are actually good. And I want us to think of this in the lens of the rich young man in the Gospel of Mark. He comes to Jesus and he says, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him the commandments and he's like, got it. I mean, that's pretty impressive, actually. Commandments, check, check, done. He says, is there anything else? Jesus says, if you wish to be perfect, again, he's not talking about perfect, that we're free from human imperfections and all the things, but he's talking about deep communion with him, like deep communion with the Lord. And he says, then go sell all you have, give to the poor, and then come follow me. He says, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. His face fell, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Yet most of us are not called to do that, to literally sell everything, give it to the poor, and follow the Lord. But it's this disposition of heart and this willingness to let go of whatever he's asking me to let go, to follow him more profoundly, to follow him more deeply. This interior conviction that, yes, will manifest itself in particular ways. Now, what happened to this man? Ultimately, we don't know what happened, but some scripture scholars think that actually this was the evangelist Mark. Why? Because this story is recorded in multiple of the Gospels, but only in Mark does it have this detail. It says that he looked at him and he loved him. And then he said, go and sell what you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. How would this man know that he loved him? Or how would Mark know that he loved this man? man? Unless it was Mark himself. Or the man came back anyway and told him, when he looked at me, he loved me. 
And so some say it was Mark that initially he left, but there was just this, this awareness of the gaze of Christ, right? That he looked at me in a way in which I've never been looked at before. So I had to come back. I had to pursue him. Because no one has looked at me like that. No one has stirred my heart in that way except him. And so tonight, as we're celebrating Mass, and especially as, as we receive the Holy Eucharist, let us pray for, to be reminded, whether we feel it or not, but to be reminded, and we pray for the affectation as well itself, to, to experience and to know again in the depths of our souls that Jesus is the pearl of great price. The Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist, he is the pearl of great price. And that whatever he is asking us to let go, whatever are the pearls, he's saying, hey, sell those. So that you can receive me. Then with a resounding yes, maybe with joy, maybe with pain, with deep conviction, that he and he alone satisfies our hearts. Let us say yes to him. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. And when he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it.